Hey, this is C.J. Graham, Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th, Part 6. Hey, this is Tom Matthews uh, from Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th, Part 6. Hey, campers. This is Darcy DeMoss from Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, Part 6. And you're listening to Don't Go Out There Podcast. And you're listening to the amazing podcast, Don't Go Out There. And I should know because I did. You're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. And you should listen to Jason because Jason does live. I'll be back. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, and Mike, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. I just want to thank all of our listeners, our supporters, followers on social media. I want to give those a quick shout out before we start this movie review. Like We've got the big three, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Don't Go Out There. Or if you follow any of us personally on Twitter, just ask us and we'll hook you up. But tonight we got a really special movie. As, as we've already teased, we did an interview with Jason actor C.J. Graham, the man who performed, who played the role of Jason in Jason 6, Jason Lives. So we figured we might as well go ahead and review the movie he did as well. And stay tuned for that uh, interview, guys and girls, on Friday the 13th this week. Jason Lives, in my opinion... I've already told this story on this show several times. This is the first overall horror movie in general for me. I remember it as a six, seven-year-old kid with my babysitter and little brother. I was terrified. This is what introduced me to horror. This introduced me to Jason, and it stuck with me forever. This, in my opinion, is one of the, I think, every Friday the 13th you know, fans, I would say at least a top three or four movie in the franchise. I would say a top four isn't even pushing it. I really, I honestly love this movie, and I'm going to let good brother Dustin Franklin go. He joined us for our Friday the 13th ranking, and he also joined us for the C.J. Graham interview. Dustin, what are your general thoughts on this movie, man? Well, I appreciate you guys having me on uh, again, and I just, you know, this movie is my favorite of the franchise. Friday the 13th is my favorite horror franchise. Jason's my favorite slasher. Um, I thought this movie... You know, it, it captured a lot of – it captured everything you want in Jason. It had peak Jason. It had the uh, the zombie Jason where he's just got superhuman strength. He's a badass, indestructible. The shortest of the franchise, 86 minutes runtime, makes it easy to keep up with. You know, there's not much filler in there. It's easy to uh, stay glued to the screen, and it captures your attention. Uh, overall, I've said it multiple times, and I will take it to the grave. No one can change my mind. This is the best Jason movie. This is my favorite. And so overall, this is a fantastic film. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so uh, I was really looking forward to getting to watch this film again. It had been a couple years since I sat down and actually watched it all the way through. You know, I watched a lot of or listened to, uh, you know, guys like Dead Meat and all that. Uh, all those guys talk about this movie throughout the, you know, 
just throughout the months, like I'll still throw it on every now and then because you know if I need something filler, I go to like you know those kind of guys. You know, just kind of like take me through a movie, and and I did that a lot over the last couple of years. But I hadn't actually sat down and watched it, and I couldn't tell you when. Uh, so I was really excited to sit down. Uh, when we did our rankings, I had it my favorite Friday movie. Uh, it was close though, and uh, to me, it's still close. I really, really like this movie. This is the Jason that I like, where he's zombie Jason, a total badass. He's you know slashing and gashing and all that stuff. I I love it. Um, there's I, now I have some problems with it, like I do every movie, but a short runtime you can't complain about. Um, what I will say, and I'm going to save it for the very end, but there's one gripe I have with two of the people that are on this show about this movie. I, I'm going to save it for the end, though. I just want to let you know I love you both very much ahead of time. But I got a, I got a bone to pick, but I really I really do enjoy this movie. It might – having watched it this time, I'm not – I'll spoil it here. It might bump down to my number two just off of – I really, really like that 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 oh nine Friday. I really like that movie. So it's a toss up there, but I really enjoyed it. All right, Dustin, get ready because he's coming for us later. I know no, it's me and you, baby. No, it's me and you. No, it's Nico and Dustin. <laughs> oh, we know. Oh yeah. Mike and Brian are always tag teaming against everybody. Oh, Speaking man. of Brian, go ahead, brother. What's your general <laughs> overview of this movie, man? Uh, I really like this movie a lot. I mean, obviously, yeah, it had some problems, but. Uh, um, I think I ranked it third on my uh, franchise rankings, but honestly, I have four number two and six number three, and just depending on the day, those things can switch back and forth, honestly. Um, I actually had just watched this movie uh, previously, like a couple of weeks ago, just because, you know, it doesn't have – spoiler alert, there's no nudity in this movie, and that was the only thing that was uh, – <laughs> That was the only thing holding me back from letting my nine-year-old watch it. And once I remembered after our interview that uh, there wasn't any nudity in it, I said, you know what? He can watch this. And so we watched it. We watched it again together. So, um, you know, I, I love it. I love the soundtrack. It's got it's yes. got the best soundtrack in the series. Probably mm-hmm. best, one of the best in all of the uh, all of the horror franchises. I mean, we just reviewed Nightmare on Elm Street three, where they basically copied the same idea. Um, you know, a few years later. Um, you know, I like how it, you know, kind of treads into horror comedy waters a little bit and how, you know, it's got some meta moments. Um, now, <clears throat> spoiler alert, you know, I will get into that a little bit later because some of those meta moments come off a little too cheesy. So um, otherwise, yeah, I really like this movie. Y'all boys ready to jump into scene by scene? Let's do it, baby. Let's get it. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. Drew and uh, Brian, they kind of argued over a an article that Brian sent us a couple about a couple weeks ago about great horror intros. And this movie was excluded off of it. And I had a problem with that because Jason <laughs> six, Jason lives the, the opening scene of this movie, the first nine, 10 minutes is great. It's, it's the best in the franchise in my opinion by far. And we're going to, let's jump into it. The film starts with shots of nature. This, you know, the sky, the road is foggy. Tommy Jarvis and his friend are heading to Jason's grave. Tommy wants to make sure he gets he say Tommy tells his friend he wants to make sure Jason goes to hell. They get to the gravesite and they dig up his casket. And I wrote down there's a nice score with a windy, stormy setting. Tommy's friend doesn't want him to open the casket. Tommy breaks open the casket and we see maggot and worms all over Jason's face and his eyes. 
Tommy grabs an iron fence post after replaying his childhood encounter with Jason in his mind, and he stabs Jason over and over in the chest. After he crawls out of the grave, lightning strikes the fence, the fence post twice, reviving Jason. Tommy crawls back in to try and remove the fence post. Then Jason grabs him as he tries to exit the, the casket site. Tommy's friend screams. Tommy throws gas all over Jason and tries to light him on fire, but it starts raining, of course. His friend hits him in the back of the head with a shovel, and he doesn't flinch. He punches straight through, straight through his chest with his heart in his hand, and his friend falls into the grave. Tommy runs and jumps in the truck, and it actually, you know, works this time <laughs> in, in a horror movie, and he <laughs> flees off. Jason Jason grabs a mask that Tommy threw into the grave, and he, ta- he grabs the iron post, and he turns around, and you get the opening credits with the machete slash, 007 style. Dustin, this is your favorite Friday the 13th movie. What are your thoughts on this opening scene, man? Well, I thought that, like you said, this is the best opening scene in the franchise. One of the best opening scenes in horror, I feel like, because it sets the tone for the rest of the movie immediately. Piggybacks off the last film because Tommy wants to make sure that Jason's dead this time, and we're going to make sure that we finish him off for good. Um, you know, A couple of tidbits about this scene. Uh, direct, the director, Tom McLaughlin, he actually took some props home from the film and Jason's tombstone is actually in his uh, front yard. Nice. And so that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, another little tidbit, when they show the close up of Tommy's hands lifting the casket lid, that's actually Tom McLaughlin's hands. So that's not even the actor that played Tommy. It's not his hands. I thought that was cool, but uh, you know, overall it's a great scene. There are a couple things that are iffy about it. Uh, for one, when Dawes, Tommy's friends, he's standing there with the shovel on his shoulder, and he's like, well, there you have it. Let's go. That's That was stupid to me. I don't know why that just irritated the shit out of me. It's like, you know you're going to dig it up. You had the shovel on your shoulder. Shut up. That was just hokey. It was just hokey. Um, now, another fun fact, the, the song that's playing while they're digging up the body, the same song is actually used in The Shining. So that was cool little... I don't know that it necessarily means anything, but it was a cool little tidbit. Um, one of my favorite parts was when Hawes says, my heart can't take much more, and then his heart's literally ripped out. <laughs> like, yeah, buddy. This movie we does know. that a lot. This yeah. movie yeah. does that a lot. It does. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another issue I have with it is it does seem kind of hokey. It's typical horror fashion. We're going to go dig up this body in the middle of the night when it's thunderstorming. And so you know that's gonna something's gonna go horribly wrong. For instance, he douses him with gas. He strikes the match. Oh, the rain puts it out. And so uh, that that's the only couple things I had to nitpick. But overall, great scene. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. So we have a lot of the same uh, the you know the same high stuff here. Uh, I think just having the movie start out. You know, after you get past the Paramount thing, you know, having the movie start out with that opening cue song. The you know a little bit of the score. That lets me know right away I'm in a Friday movie. Okay. Like, it it, it takes me and puts me right in that mood. I'm ready to watch uh, Jason Voorhees' movie, and I, I think that's good. It sets the mood. Uh, I really like the opening scene as well. I think it's it's got everything I need. It, it's a, it's got some humor. It's got a bad character in Doss who I hate. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad he died, dies right away. Uh, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, I liked it. They've, they have continuity. In the you know it, in this franchise, one thing I will say, 
is I like at least there's some continuity now. Some. I, <laughs> some. Yeah, there's some. Right. <laughs> but in this stretch of it, it's definitely the Tommy Jarvis uh, yeah, saga. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I like this take on Tommy Jarvis because yeah. in five, he's a he's batshit bananas. And in this one, he's a little more calm, a little more collected, a normal person. Now, he's not completely normal because he wants to go dig up Jason Voorhees like a dumbass. But, you know, that's also neither here nor there. I, I liked it. I thought the Allen kill was good. Uh, I thought the effects made it look brutal. And so, you know, uh, I love this Jason. I love the way they resurrect Jason here, which is much, 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 much. Hold on, I'm not done. Much, 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 much better than having a dog piss where Freddy Krueger was to bring Freddy Krueger back to life. So, yeah. in case anybody didn't remember that, I just put that back in your mind there. So, this was much better. Or or a psychic girl bringing him back to life. Oh. Well, we all know Jason versus Carrie. <laughs> or, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That, that's not the name of the movie. Never mind. Um, yeah. Uh, it, what Justin's talking about it being a little bit hokey, uh, that's the problem. And that's why I, I keep going back and forth with four is because I almost forget sometimes how hokey this movie is. And it's like... It, you once you accept, all right, this movie is hokey on purpose, and it's got a lot of meta moments, and it's self-aware of the fact that it's hokey. And then you're like, okay, once you settle into that, and it's almost, it even borderlines a little bit of a parody of itself, uh, you know, a little bit time too. So once once you get into that, you know, then then I can enjoy it a little bit better. But I, I mean, my favorite Jason, and and same, I said the same thing about Freddy. Like I like the the dark the dark Friday the 13th entries that take themselves very seriously and so I have to like shift gears whenever I watch this movie for sure um uh first a little fast fact right off the bat um you're talking about part five yeah like Paramount has actually like you know came down and said hey we want Jason back you know we don't because you know five kind of sets up Tommy is the new Jason, honestly, but they, they just went the other direction with that because Paramount was like, no, we need Jason Voorhees back in this. And honestly, you know, I'm, I'm very glad they did. Um, a continuity error, uh, right here is that actually they established in part five that Jason was cremated, but they kind yep. of ignore, they kind of yeah, ignored yeah. that here, which, yeah, you know, did. which I'm glad they did again. Um, Tommy Jarvis, I really like this iteration the best. Tom Matthews, you know, he's fresh off a of popular return of the dead like a year prior. And honestly, he's my favorite iteration. I mean, I really like, you know, Corey Feldman as the as the kid. But I don't I don't want to see for some reason. I didn't want to see Corey Feldman as an adult. And Tom Matthews, uh, to me, is Tommy Jarvis. Right. So I, I really I whenever I think of Tommy Jarvis in this franchise, that's who I would have. You know, Adam Marcus talked about bringing him back for uh, for Jason Goes to Hell. And I really wish, you know, I think Tom Mar Tom uh, Matthews was the one that he was talking about bringing back, not any of the other iterations. Um, I love the effects on Maggothead Jason. They looked they look great. Um, the practical effects are pretty good in this movie, even though they don't really get a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of screen time. Um, they kind of could do a lot of cutaway kills there. And uh, honestly, to me, this is one. I agree with with Mike here that, you know, it's one of the better ways that they bring back Jason. But it had like that Frankenstein old mummy ish old yeah. monster, old monster movie kind of feel to it. And that's what I was talking about. It was like a little bit hokey, but not too much. And I really liked that for some reason. I just really liked the way they brought him back here. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, this movie is hacked to death by the MPAA and it pisses me off. I can tell, too. Yeah. 
I just wanted to get that across because there's some stuff I criticize. I know it's not their fault, but this is the cut that we have, so I have to, you know, criticize it as is. Yeah. No, that's one of my biggest issues with the movie, too, or just the, the way the kills are in this movie. All right, after this, Jason is just walking in the woods. Tommy gets to the sheriff's department and tells him, he tells the sheriff that Jason's alive and his friend is dead. The sheriff does not take him serious at all, and they lock Tommy up after he tries to run off with a gun. He pleads for them to go to the grave. Now it shows this couple is driving to the camp on a dirt road path, and they're the lead counselors, we come to find out later. They slam brakes in the middle of the road because Jason is blocking the path. He tells her to, you know, run him over, but Jason doesn't move at all. Jason stabs through the car and flattens the tire. The guy grabs a gun and gets out of the car and shoots him, but Jason impales him, killing him. Let me flip my page real quick. He stabs through the windshield with that iron fence post, and she flees the car. She tries to bribe him with money. <laughs> and she's like, here I'll, t- here, I'll pay you, I'll pay you, please don't kill me. But Jason appears right over her, killing her, and kills her in the puddle. And I thought, you know, the puddle kind of made the kill a little, you know, nastier, gnarlier. Yeah. Tommy wakes up in jail. Megan, the sheriff's daughter, and the other counselors come in asking for someone to look for the couple who is, you know, they're, they're missing, but, you know, they've been killed by Jason. Tommy says to be aware of Jason, and Megan takes a like. I wrote down Megan takes a liking to Tommy right off the rip. The sheriff has them leave. Sheriff tells him he, he's going to escort him back to the mental facility, as in Tommy. The gravekeeper finds the dug-up grave and is complaining and reburies him. He just sees kind of like the foot hanging out of the casket. He doesn't realize that it's, you know, Tommy's friend. And I wrote down, you get this really meta moment where the gravekeeper is talking right to the camera. The counselors are unpacking, and one girl says she's, you know, she's worried that, you know, that the head, the head counselors are missing. Tells Megan she doesn't know how she feels about what Tommy was saying, and Megan tells him the story of Jason. Then the bus of Camp Gover shows up. Brian, do you want to go first on those two scenes, man? Um, yeah, sure. Do uh, so. Actually, um. Do you have the the line that uh that gravedigger says into the camera? Um, it says something like, you know, these guys have a weird sense of of I don't I don't even I cannot some, remember the exact here it line. Is. Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. Yeah, and so that's super meta because he looks right yeah. at the camera and says it. <laughs> that's the meta issue. That's the problem that I have with this is that's almost like cartoonish. So he's like, it's almost needs a da afterwards. So I mean, it's almost like too too far that way i mean you could have i mean scream is i mean we can get into scream all day but scream's got meta moments like crazy but never somebody that looks into the camera <laughs> almost like you guys eating popcorn out there <laughs> like that to me that was just a little bit too far um they uh the couple driving uh that gets killed right off the bat um the guy uh tony goldwin i think is his name yeah he uh uh i always think of him i remember him as the bad guy from ghosts but uh Little fact here, the woman um, in it is actually the director, Tom McLaughlin's wife, um, Nancy. And uh, there's I'll read this little quick little fast fact here just in the middle of it because I think it goes. But uh, she actually almost died for real during the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently it says uh, during the process, Jason lunges at her with a very real, very sharp spear through the car's windshield. The stuntman was supposed to aim at the opposite side of McLaughlin in the car's front seat, but either due to the impact from the windshield or the stuntman's military training causing him to stay on target, the spear changed trajectory, redirecting toward McLaughlin, who narrowly avoided a really very real impalement. 
uh, I assume that the stunt man that they're talking about is CJ Graham in this uh, in this iteration, being that he is ex-military too. So I'm actually not 100% sure about that, but uh, uh, you know, I mean, maybe I'm not right. 100% sure about that actually. Um, let's uh, the the one nitpick I had. Well, I had a couple, I guess, but the biggest one of the biggest ones I had was the uh, the sheriff's plan is a little bit kind of laughable because you know Tommy. Uh, so at first he's like, oh, I'm going to let the uh, the institution come and get him. And instead of letting the institution come and get Tommy in a straitjacket, he thinks a better plan is just to drive him out for a bit and trust he doesn't drive back. So to me, like that was insanely stupid. But uh, so th- yeah, so that's all I had right there. Go, go ahead, Dustin. So uh, yeah, this this is a good scene. It's it's got a, a bunch of great moments. Number one, it's got your typical sheriff in a horror film yeah not not <laughs> not taking the, not taking the kid yeah. serious oh get out of here you crazy kid and uh this is when he brings up well we, i was gonna dig up his body to cremate it and that's when that's when it clicked in my mind it's like wait a minute he was already cremated but uh <laughs> you know the when darren and Lizbeth pull up and see jason standing in the middle of the road uh when Darren gets out of the car and he pulls the gun out and shoots Jason in the chest, that's actually the first time that anyone had shot Jason in the franchise. So here we are six films in and Jason's just now getting shot. I thought that was interesting. No one had thought to try that before. Um, And then Lizbeth, her kill, I thought her kill was phenomenal because she's, you know, falling out of the car. She's in the puddle, just petrified, opens her eyes. Oh, he's gone. Thank God. Surprise, bitch! <laughs> so, that, that that one got me. I, I I love that kill. And then and something that really just lingered in my mind from that scene is when he stabs her in the face. Her hand just releases the money in the American Express. That American Express floats in the puddle, and the camera focuses on it for a long time. So I'm wondering if there was some kind of product placement. You know, hey, MX saying we'll throw you some bones if you plug our product a little bit, plug our credit card. Right. I just thought the, the camera lingered on that card for a while, and I thought that right. was interesting. But uh, overall, I love this scene. It's one of my favorites. The, the actual credit card says American Excess. So I yeah. think they are. I think they were just trying to be, uh, a funny, uh, be another funny moment. Go ahead, okay. Mike. Uh, yeah, I'll, actually, I was going to say that, so I'm glad you did. Real quick, I forgot to mention this. I thought the 007 thing from the earlier scenes that we were talking about, even that was a little hokey for me. And I and I like hokey. That was a little much, but it's still fun. Um, so as far as these scenes go, I like the sheriff. He's an asshole, but he's a lovable asshole. And so I love those characters, characters with that kind of depth. I think it's good. Um, I love the line, well, I'll repaint this office with your brain. Like, that's really good shit. So uh, I love that when J- Jason walks up off to the camp, he's confused by the name on the sign. <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. It's a, oh, this yeah. a Crystal Lake. It's Forest <laughs> Green Lake. It's like, you know, Camp Green Lake from fucking Holes. So uh, the name is definitely different. He does the head tilt. Uh, let's see. He was like, hauling ass through the woods, by wa- the way. That was another thing fast. I wrote down. He was hauling ass through the woods right there. <laughs> he, Sorry, go ahead. He walks really fast. <laughs> like, he's opposite Michael Myers. Like, well, slow as fuck. This guy's zoom, 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 zoom. Like, he's, <laughs> he's bucking, man. Uh, I like the couple in the car. Um, they're definitely there to me to, like, just be killed, but that's okay. That's half this movie. Um, yeah. I I think that I, another meta moment in that scene is when she's aware of – you know, the rules of horror. Randy would have right. been proud right there. Right. He would have been, all right, there you go. So, uh, 
So definitely that. I that's uh, that's the meta. Mo- that's one of the meta moments that I don't mind. It was right. Uh, oh, I love that stuff. That's that one stuff. I didn't mind at all. So the Darren kill, I uh, I get a good laugh at every time I watch this movie. He just kind of stabs him and flicks him and throws him like he you know like he's grilling a burger or or like, <laughs> like that big ass spatula from that SpongeBob episode where he's flipping the big giant Krabby Patty. That's kind of, so all, I, that always gets me. And I like the Elizabeth kill too. Uh, just the way it's executed. The way it's shot, it's really good stuff. I and I think the American Excess was trying to like, they're maybe trying to say something there. I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe they're trying to comment on the times. I don't really know. But oh, and I, I wouldn't be me. Sorry, I can't not be myself here. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Megan, hello. Oof. How are you? Call me sometime. Call him okay. sometime. Call me sometime. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I like the caretaker. I think he's a crazy old coot, and I like those guys in horror movies, <laughs> especially in a scene later where he really – he really. and I, I got a fun fact about him, but I'm going to save it if no one else has it. Um, and this is the first time the, the camp has ever actually had kids. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I got that. Yep. Is, right, yep. There's a lot of firsts in this movie, so I thought that was cool too. And you know, the line where he looks right in the camera, here's the thing. I love meta horror, and I love this movie for being meta. There are some moments that they're like Looney Tunes meta, but That's it's not. <laughs> it, it's it, it doesn't take me out of this movie because I know what it is going into it, and I'm still having fun while watching, so I'm okay with it. And thanks a lot, Dustin. From now on, I'm gonna think of Jason saying Dave Chappelle lines every time he kills somebody. What <laughs> <laughs> <Shut> up, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're at the paintball scene, and I know a lot of people are split on how they feel about this scene. <laughs> the two guys who the two guys who got shot and you know eliminated from the game they're comp- they're complaining and I wrote they had really interesting conversations it's kind of, it, it kind of sounds like they might be in a relationship together and you see Jason in the background kind of yeah this lady pops out of nowhere she shoots the both of them the two guys are complaining they got shot another guy is being sexist chopping wood with a machete and you know he's just yeah he's got some real you know selective dialogue. And as he's cutting up these branches and vines, Jason appears out of nowhere and grabs him and throws him into the tree. And, it, you know, he gets stabbed through the gut with another limb. And I thought it was a really cool moment because, you know, not, you know, you get this one visual of, like the smiley face that's all bloody. But the, the visual that I like is just Jason, like being amazed at how strong he is because he's got the guy's whole arm ripped off in his hand. And he's looking at him and he's like, oh, damn, I came back even stronger. <laughs> and I, re- I really like that. And then there's this another awkward guy playing paintball, and he he runs in, and he shoots him with the paintball gun, and he takes off running. He's like he's real goofy. He's t- he's stumbling in the woods, and he's real he's terrified, and it's awesome. Then it shows Tommy. He's he, you know the sheriff. They're having they're escorting Tommy out of the out of the county lines basically. But Tommy he sees a sign for the grave, so he veers off the road and heads to the grave. The cops are in chase mode now. Tommy, he jumps out, and he runs straight to the grave, but he's tackled by the sheriff. And then he sees, you know, he's like, look at the grave, look at the grave, but you see it's been refilled. The deputy pulled out, he pulls out his gun with the red dot, and it, but, you know, they see the gravekeeper, and he asks, he asks the gravekeeper, did you rebury it, did you rebury it? Now we're back to the camp. Megan is hyping up the kids. The sheriff uncuffs Tommy outside the city limits. The gravekeeper is drinking and walking into the woods. And now this random couple is, you know, they're sharing some champagne, and I guess they're just celebrating their engagement. The gravekeeper finishes his bottle of liquor, and here's another meta moment we're all going to talk about, I'm sure. 
He's finishing his bottle of liquor, and he throws it over his back shoulder. He says, you're going to be the death of me. He throws the bottle over his head, but you don't hear the sound of the bottle hitting the ground. And he turns around. Jason crushes the bottle in his hand and then stabs him. And then, you know, that couple, the guy, he hears the noise in the background, so he goes to check it out. And as Jason goes to hack the gravekeeper one more time, Jason kind of, like, gives him that super super quick stare. The guy runs back to his girl, and they jump on the scooter to try and run off. But then Jason double impales him with the machete. Mike, do you want to go first on those two scenes, man? Oh, yeah, sure. So I I don't have one strong feeling on this paintball scene either way. Uh, To me – these guys are just in here to be killed. Like, again, most of the characters in this movie are in here to be killed. So I don't necessarily mind it. Um, what I ended up minding is what the MPAA did to some of the kills. Like, fucking ruined it. Like, the, like it, 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 it's a slasher. If the kills are cool, I can ignore some of the other fluff that, that that's in it. As long as the, as the kill is worth it, the payoff is there. We don't get that here. We get... Uh, uh, a homosexual couple, which is fine. We get a badass woman, which is fine. And then we get one of the most sexist, biggest pieces of shit ever that I wanted to see Jason kill. Which, if you listened to last week's episode about Halloween 2007, you know I don't like necessarily having those kinds of characters in my uh, slasher movie. But that's kind of a nitpick, I guess. Uh, they're there to be killed. No big deal. Um, I wrote down that Bert is a misogynistic prick. Uh, I don't mind the smiley face kill. I know a lot of people do like it. It's not it's not like high on my list or anything, but I it's fine. Like it's hokey a little bit, but it's fine. It, it doesn't upset me enough where I'm like, fuck this movie, I'm done. Um let's see. I wrote down that. Okay, so and I already talked about the MPAA. Uh so again, the paintball scenes, it's fine. The, Deputy Rick is an asshole. Like, and so this brings me to my point. Cops in horror movies are, like, really big dicks. Like, even Sheriff Brackett in the first Halloween's kind of an asshole. Nancy's dad, kind of an asshole. Like, you see it. It's a trend. I don't really get why a lot, a lot of times in, in slasher movies, it's kind of like Dustin said, where the cops are either shitty characters or assholes. Um, I love, I love when he does, I love the, this is going to be the death of me and throws a bottle and that's how he dies. I think that's great. Like that, that's oh, like I'm good with that kind of meta. That is that that makes me go, oh, that's good. You got me, you son of a bitch. So I thought the joke was good. And um, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I want to touch on a point, a point that you made in the Halloween 2018. You said there's a lot of scenes that just set up another scene. Right. I kind of thought the paintball scene was just a scene to give Jason a machete. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I think so too. Take take it for what it's worth, right, Brian. Right. I saw I saw Brian actually disagreeing with Mike. So now I want to hear about the <laughs> first time in and don't go out of their history, Brian and Mike. This is BS. We damn it, we disagree for two. Why is every so. time the first time? Every time <laughs> is the first time. <laughs> I, look, I mean, I like part of the movie that I like is that it doesn't take itself seriously, and I and I that's fine. You know, once you accept that, that's fine. But I don't want you to make a joke out of Jason, and I feel like that this scene makes a joke out of Jason. I mean, first of all, I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think we really touched on it before, but um, you know, that's not actually C.J. Graham. This is the only scene in this movie yeah. that C.J. Graham's not playing Jason. 
Um, it's an actor stunt coordinator with Dan Bradley who played him. This was the first first scene shot, and he actually got fired because he was too fat. No, I didn't say that, Dan Bradley. That's just what I heard. that's just what I read. So I'm not calling you fat. I actually, I mean, I didn't really honestly notice it in this scene because I was too busy paying attention to a smiley face in a tree after you slam somebody's uh. head into it. Like, and it, I'm not, it, it, the whole, this whole scene feels like Scooby-Doo-ish. It seems cartoony. He rips a guy's arm off. There's no blood almost, which Mike said might have been because of the MPAA. I don't know. Regardless, like, okay, don't show it then. It just looks cheesy and cartoony, you know, and then it did. It took me out of it. And to me, that's making a joke and mockery out of Jason when you're turning this into a cartoon thing, throwing somebody into a tree and then having a smiley face in the tree because his face implanted into it to me like that's just i don't know to me that's taking it a little bit too far and i really i really hate it oh and he cuts he what, cuts three people's heads off at one time come on i would have loved to see that kill though the mpa fucked it up at least we could have gotten a cool kill from something that hokey like if you're gonna go that route let us see it I mean, maybe, but this Jason doesn't feel as, and maybe that is because it wasn't C.J. Graham or Kane Hodder, but it doesn't feel as big and imposing in somebody oh, that, no doubt. like Rob Zombie's, you know, uh, Michael Myers, I would have believed chopped off three dudes' heads in one right. swipe, but I'm not going to believe, you know, fat Dan Bradley chopped off three people's heads. So, uh, and the other, the other problem I have, and I have nothing good to say about these two scenes, but the, the, uh, the other problem I have is that I'm not going to bitch about character development in a movie if you're going to show me good kills. And, right. you know, you've got those two people, the old man in the woods, a couple in the woods, and then we, and we don't even get good kills out of them. I mean, and that's that's what's frustrating to me. And like you said, maybe because of the MPAA, but, you know, I don't get I don't get character development and I don't get good kills out of these. So kind of what's the point a little bit? Right. Yeah, I'm going to touch on the character stuff at the end during our uh, rating. Go ahead, Dustin. What are your thoughts on the scenes, man? So I agree with Brian. I hated this scene. Um, yeah. I will say though, the smashing his face into the tree and it leaving, you know, the imprint looking like Wilson from Castaway. <laughs> right, exactly. It wasn't even like believable. That had to be the inspiration. <laughs> there is no way the guy that made Wilson didn't go <laughs> off of this movie. There's no way. It, that is the. That is to me the funniest one. It's one or two in the funniest kills in the franchise, though. I mean, it's just. You got to – it is what it is. It's there. It no takes need to, an X that takes the cake, but yes. Yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the paintball scene sucked. It, it took – so, Jason, you have to have the serious tone to the movie at least somewhat, even if you're going to add the comedic elements. And like Brian said, it kind of made a joke of it. Uh, the soundtrack, it sounds like they took the soundtrack of Ernest Goes to Camp and put it over this scene. And it's just – it's horrible. It, it was uh, – the dialogue was awful. Could have done without that. Now, I will say that when they were back at the camp and court is explaining to the kids about the Indian rocks, that shit was hilarious. So that's where comedy in the movie worked because he, he didn't know shit about what he's talking about. And I, I, I got a kick out of that one. Um, then you go forward into the scene where Martin's in the in the graveyard and he's just covered up the body. And, you know, Tommy runs in. He's like, dig him up, dig him up. <laughs> Martin had a line. He said, dig him up. Do you think I'm a fart head? <laughs> that is notable <laughs> because the only other time the word fart is said in the entire franchise is in the 2009 reboot. So there's a little tidbit for you. Uh, 
And then, yeah, I loved Martin's kill, though. The the irony of you're going to be the death of me, the you know the meta uh, factor there. He throws the ball over his head. The, I don't know about you guys, but I find it in, in insanely impressive to just smash a bottle of liquor like that with your hands and then cut someone's throat because that glass is pretty thick. So uh, I thought that was a great kill. Overall, I think they're batting at about 40% on these two scenes. Six, <laughs> 60% bad. All right, back to the camp, and all the kids are asleep. Jason is back at Camp Crystal Lake. The two girl counselors are playing cards, and they hear a scream and run to the other cabin. One of the girls says she saw a monster. And this is what I, I texted Brian and, and Mike the other day and said, I never noticed this until – I watched the movie and took notes this week. One of the girls says she saw a monster. The girl's name is Nancy, and the counselors tell her not to worry and don't have more bad dreams. And I instantly thought this was a Nightmare on Elm Street reference. But I actually read – I had read in the IMDb fun facts that Tom McLaughlin just named the little girl Nancy after his wife. So, I mean, I don't believe you, Tom. I think it's a Nancy reference. <laughs> from it's, too, it's, too, it's too on the nose. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the dream I mean, part is too yeah, – yeah, the dream yeah. part, yeah. Now that, you know, the two girls, they think Court is playing, you know, pranks on everybody, and they can't find him. Court left and picked up a chick named Nikki to have sex with in the RV. Jason, as he's walking by, he notices the commotion in the RV, and he pulls the power. She tells him to go outside and plug the power back in. He goes in and notices the power cord is all messed up. And then Nancy comes around the corner, and, it's, you know, we get a jump scare. They get back in the RV, and he cranks it up, and he takes off. And, you know, he, he gasses it too fast, and she falls to the back of the RV. As she tries to walk to the front of it, Jason grabs her from the bathroom, and you get, the you know, the struggle scene. And I think this is a really cool kill. Court doesn't hear her screaming because he's got, you know, the Alice Cooper playing so loud. <laughs> Jason kills her by shoving her face into the RV, and you and it just leaves this huge, you know, facial invention into the side of the RV. Jason walks up to the front and stabs him in the head with a knife. The RV flips and catches on fire. And I just wrote, this is an iconic visual of Jason on top of the ablazed RV. I love that. I love that visual. Sheriff and Megan are arguing over Tommy. The deputy calls the sheriff and tells him that he found the couple's car, and it, it looks just like the Jason M.O. Tommy calls the sheriff, and, you know, Megan answers. He tells her that Jason is out there. She tells him she'll come pick him up. Jay, you know, he's at some food, like, market or something. Jason enters the campsite. Sheriff and deputy find the paintballer's chopped up body by the side of the, uh, the two dead counselors in the car. Jason cuts the phone lines. Sissy sees a shadow walk by their cabin. Paula says it's probably just court. And then you get a really, really quick Jason. You know, he snatches her right out the window, and he twists her head. And Paula doesn't wake up at all. <laughs> it's really funny to me. <laughs> uh, Dustin, do you want to go first on those two scenes, man? Uh, sure, yeah, I can go first on this. Uh, number one, I, you know, I don't know why, but it irritated me. It's another one of those nitpicky things. But when they're when they're going through the cabins to show the kids sleeping, they spent too much time showing the hamster. Like the hamster is an irrelevant part of the movie. Who who cares if they've got a guinea pig in a cage there? I don't know why it irritated me so much. But um, <laughs> but when they're when they're in the RV and they're having sex. <laughs> Court's face during that scene is just another one of those. That's where comedy works. Like it needs to be subtle and here and there, yeah. not we're trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. And so Court was great right there. Uh, he's like, 
How how much longer? Ten minutes. What kind of damn song is ten minutes long? And who picks that kind of music for sex? Anyway, I digress. Um, it's the eighties, man. <laughs> yeah, but you you tell me they didn't have White Snake available. Whether they listen to Coke music while they're having sex. Well, uh, yeah. That's true. That's true. So uh, the way that she got tossed around the RV when he's driving that was that was awesome. Um, this is another one of those. That's how you be funny in horror. But I had to, I did have a problem when. She's like she realizes that the power came unplugged and he walks out. Though and he's obviously spooked by how the the cords just shredded or the wires shredded. He's like, I, I think if you don't want to end up like that, we better go. And she st- stands there and looks at it. That's a little unbelievable to me because I have a feeling <laughs> she, she would have been freaking the fuck out and ran her ass back on the RV. But um, I did I did have a little note here the. RV flipping scene was apparently the last shot that they seen uh, or last scene that they shot on day 40 of shooting. Uh, CJ Graham did his own stunts in the film and they didn't want to risk injury to him. But what's weird about the whole thing is why even have him in it? Like you don't have to have him in there when you flip it, but anyway, so very true. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need a stunt man in the RV when you're going to flip it, but whatever. But yeah, I agree with Nico. That that scene where he pops out of the RV and he's standing on top of it as it's in flames, that's an iconic – that's the background on my computer right now. That's just – that's one of the coolest scenes. There's another great scene in the Friday franchise from the Manhattan movie that you guys like to shit on so much. It sucks. But, <laughs> well, that's your opinion, pal. But uh, – <laughs> Right opinion. Yeah, that that scene was great. Uh, when they go back and they, you know, they find the severed leg and the arm in the woods – that's the second time the film mentions, well, you know what today is. You picked a good day for it. Happy Friday the 13th. Second time they mention the date in the film. Uh, I don't remember them doing it twice in the first five films like that. They may have made mention to it, but saying it twice seems like overkill. Uh, but, yeah, when he twists Sissy's head, that's probably the most badass kill. Uh, there's one more kill a little bit later, but that's one of the most badass kills in the, in the, in the movie. But, uh, yeah, overall, very good scene. This is some of the best scenes in the movie. It does. And CJ is a military man. He's on. He's gonna do his due diligence, I guess. Mike, go ahead, oh, okay. So uh, I want to start this off by reiterating: not having nudity in this movie completely fucks the sex scenes. Like, well, hey, it's my, not because I want to. It's not because I want to see naked women. It's because who does that? That's bullshit, and you know it. Sorry. Go know, ahead, Brian. No, go ahead. I was just going to tell you that I got a. I've, I got the reason why. Okay. Like I, I went right. and researched the reason why. It's actually understandable. So go ahead. Okay. I'm sure it has something to do with the MPAA, but maybe not. All right. So uh, I love the Nikki kill. Uh, the way the face goes into the side of the RV. I love that kill. Uh, I think the core kill is so it, – it, it, it's very – I just like that this movie has – none of the kills are really the same. Every kill almost is unique to itself and so even a little stab a stab in the head kill gets me no matter what movie it is if it's done right i just ugh, that's yeah not my thing that's not how i want to die so you know that's kind of where i am um i'm with you guys on the ambulance flip that's good shit the way that jason's standing on top of it i love the way that 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 scene is shot the cinematography is really good there um, and by the way, I mentioned this earlier, and I meant to mention it here. I, I was just a little ahead of myself. This is where Jason is confused by the name outside the camp, right here, when he walks up on the camp. This is where he goes, 
Huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, same place. Cool. All right. So I'm going to go in and start killing people now. Um, I love the sissy kill too. The way, Oh, it's so brutal. It, and I don't know if there was one like it in the first five. I can't think of one off the top of my head. So it was very unique in a sense where it just cranks the head all the way around. I thought it was brutal and gross. Uh, I thought the practical effects were pretty good in that. And the Paula off-screen kill, I'm not a huge fan of. But part of the reason is just because it's off-screen. And there's nothing to it. But I like the payoff of that kill here in the next scenes that you're about to read. I think, you know, how they discover Paula, I, I think that's really well done. So, it, I mean, these scenes are good. Like, I really like the ambulance stuff. I think it's good. Uh, but kind of like, you know, kind of like you said, why the hell is C.J. Graham in that scene anyway? Like, <laughs> okay, whatever, man. Uh, but, nope, I like these scenes. These scenes are better than the last two we talked about. Those are the connector scenes, like Nico mentioned. These are the scenes that, okay, I'm I'm in a good Friday movie. And this is a really big point I, I want to make about this movie. It doesn't drag ever. And so, or it doesn't to me. There's no point where I watch this movie and look down at my phone. Man, what time is it? Like, how much longer do I have left? You know, I don't pause it to see how much longer I have. Uh, it's a short run time. That helps. But I, I just know in the first... The first three movies of this franchise, I'm always looking down at my phone, and none of them are very long. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the first three movies in this franchise. Uh, five, I don't ever watch because it's not a Jason movie, so I can't really speak on that. But four in this movie, get it right. I'm never looking down like, man, come on, get this over with. So I really like that about this movie. Everything hits really quick. Oh, yeah, definitely. And even four has that really, you know, 20 to 30 minute lull with no kills in it, you know, right. But it, it does character development, right? I'll get, I'll get into it at the end. Go ahead, Brian. Um, yeah. So the only reason I can think of, and I don't know this for sure at all, but I mean, I know CJ Graham was doing his own stunts. I don't, maybe he was the only stunt guy that they even had, who knows? And they needed somebody to drive the bus and crash it. I mean, that's the only thing that I could possibly think of that he would be driving the bus for, to have it wreck. I mean, I have no idea if that's true or not, but that was just kind of a thought I had while y'all guys were talking about it. Um, so I'm with you, Mike, and not because I'm a pervert. I mean, I kind of am, but you know, in Friday, <laughs> Friday the 13th movies, like you need, you, I mean, I, I, I need to see some nudity. Like to me, that's, that's a, a trope and it's even made fun of because it's such a trope, but that's just part of it to me. That and then being in a camp, like, that's just, there's Jason tropes that I need to see in a Jason movie, for the most part. And uh, so, and and I agree with you. And so I went and did some research on it. And apparently, so actually, the guy that uh, directed Jason Part 5 um, was actually, his name was Danny Steinman. Steinman. Anyway, he was a, he's an ex-porn director. And um, so, I mean, the sex scenes in, those, in, that, in that movie are, are obviously a lot different than than this one but uh darcy ma darcy demos the girl that plays nikki in this movie um was actually was actually hired for part five and uh so she actually had did a statement about it and why she got fired and it was here i'll read i'll just read it says, I was originally cast for the role in part five, the part that Debbie Sue Voorhees eventually played. During my audition, Danny Steinman asked me to lift up my top and show him my breasts. I said, excuse me, no, I cannot do that. It's incredibly unprofessional, and my agents didn't tell me about it. You can call my agent, and if, it's, if he's okay with it, I'm fine with it. 
Then at wardrobe fitting, Danny propositioned me. He wanted me to have dinner with him. I hadn't even read the script yet. And the next day I didn't have a job. Let's just put it that way. And so he so she got fired from that. But then, you know, the casting directors and stuff made it up to her by bringing her back for this movie. But what's, what's kind of funny is that sure enough, on the day that they filmed this sex scene, um, Tom, <laughs> Tom McLaughlin actually asked her to go topless. And, you know, she'd done, nudity. Oh, okay. she, she'd done nudity before, but because of everything that happened in part five, she refused and then they just kind of let it go. So it makes sense on why they don't now, I guess. But um, so that's the reason. I mean, to me, I, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, she'd basically been, uh, you know, pro- I don't want to say propositioned. And, you know, if it, it, that's a lot of shit is uh, Harvey Weinstein, basically. That's what it is. She was Harvey Weinstein, basically. Um Moving on from that, but uh, the uh, I really do love the face into the RV kill. Um, that's actually tied for my favorite kill in this. Spoiler alert: um, the Nikki kill there. I really like that, and uh, I do like the sissy kill as well. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that is, I mean, they could have the as soon as he pulled her through the window, it's like they they stayed on the slippers too long to almost cartoonishly show you I pulled her out of her shoes. And out the door, out the window. And so that I could have done without that. Now, just right. show me the kill and pull me through the window and have her, you know, her head ripped around and I'm happy. But uh, that that was my only nitpick there. All right. Megan picks up Tommy. Little girl Nancy sees Jason walk past with Sissy's body and no head attached. Megan has Tommy's head in her crotch <laughs> as she tries <laughs> to avoid roadblocks. <laughs> they tell the sheriff the tag number and he says, that's my daughter. And I just wrote down hot pursuit now. Megan slides right into another roadblock and it's and it's, you know, the sheriff. We see a machete approaching a cabin. It's Nancy and she wakes Paula up and shows it to her. She says she found it outside and Paula still thinks it's a prank from court. Paula takes Nancy back to her cabin, but you see Jason, you know, watching them. And it's it's a really cool visual to me because you see like her walk by the windows and you see yeah. Jason just a little bit slower right behind her. I really, Love I really it. like that. Yep. Back to the sheriff's department. There's, you know, lots of arguing going on. He tells Megan they found court in Nikki's body. Megan tells him that Tommy was with her the whole night. They lock Tommy back up. Nancy is back, you know, Nancy is back in bed. Paula tells her to pray. Paula, he- Paula hears a noise and runs back to her cabin. She tries to call, but the phones are all dead. She sees blood on the floor, and the door flies open. She goes to close it, but Jason barges in, killing her. And and like Mike said, it, it pays off later, but the kill's off screen, and it's kind of it's kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Back at the sheriff's right. office, Megan and Tommy are kissing through the bars. The deputy pulls her off of him, but she grabs his gun. She tells him to unlock him now. They lock the deputy up, and they leave. He says he has a bad feeling they're too late, Tommy Jarvis says. Jason walks into the kid's cabin, and Nancy begins to pray. Jason gets right in her face, but leaves when he hears cars when he hears the cop car show up. The cops look around. Sheriff walks into Paul's cabin, and he sees it's covered in blood. Jason kills an officer, you know, who's down by the dock. He throws like a knife right into his head. He falls off the dock into a canoe, and I thought that was kind of cool personally. Mm-hmm. Nancy sneaks up on the officer. Jason comes out of nowhere out of these bushes. And he grabs the officer's head and crushes it with his bare hands. The sheriff, sheriff grabs Nancy and leads all the all the boys to a cabin and tells them to hide under the beds. 
And I'm going to stop right there because the next two scenes are the finale. Brian, do you want to go first on that, man? Um, yeah, sure. So I actually wrote down and was complaining about how I said, oh, OK, so you can have Tom Matthews, you know, in uh, in Megan's crotch and making little, little vagina jokes, basically. I was like, but you can't show you can't show nudity in the scene before. And then I was like, and, but once I found out why I was like, OK, all right, I'll back off. Right, that. right, right. That's not really a nitpick anymore. Um, I love the throwing knife kill. I think they actually yes. borrow this in uh, the 2009 remake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love it both times. I like, I think that's just, I, I love it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, that's kind of all I had about these scenes to me. Like, again, these scenes kind of progress the story a little bit and I have more notes on the end. So, um, that's kind of all I had. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I agree there. You know, it's just, just kind of progressive scenes. And I talked about the Paula kill. And I talked about how that, how that pays off. So I'm cool with it because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the knife toss kill. I think any time a movie does that, it's kind of like a stab to the head. I think it's awesome. And you're right. They do borrow it to an extent in the 09 uh, reboot, remake, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, not a big fan of this uh, head crush uh, because the MPA hacked it to death. Like, it would have been really cool to see it. You hear it, but you don't see it. And so there's not a whole lot of notes on these um, on these movies. Is this the part where they shout out dead meat? <laughs> no, that's, that's coming up for the next scene. Okay. Well, then I really didn't have a lot of scenes or a lot of notes on these scenes just because they're <laughs> getting me to the end. Yeah. Go ahead, Dustin. So, uh, yeah, a couple of notes I have here. Number one, have you ever seen a road sign that says question mark speeding question mark? I've never seen one of those. That was that was weird to me. <laughs> Megan's, Megan's hauling ass, and there's a road sign that doesn't exist. But um, anyway, yeah, when she uh, when she shoved Tommy's face right in her snatch, I thought that uh, Kevin Dunn from WWE was directing it. Oh uh, so, <laughs> Some people will <laughs> we, get that joke. Exactly. We definitely got a camera shot right out of the crotch. Yes, we did. Uh, and then when the cop calls in, the you know he calls the sheriff. And he's giving him the license plate number. An interesting fact about that was she was driving in reverse, had never turned around and she didn't have a license plate on the front of her car. So that was kind of weird. Um, after, after Paula's death, we go back to the sheriff's office and we see deputy Rick smash a bug on the paper with his fist. There's no point in showing that other than to show you that deputy Rick is a psychopath who smashes (laughs) a bug with their fist on paperwork. They're doing Uh, Megan is an absolute mastermind. I love the way that she got Tommy out of the pokey there, you know, creating the diversion by making out with him. That was brilliant. I really like that. <laughs> uh, and when Jason, you know, got in the girl's face and she's crying and praying and he doesn't kill her, you know, granted he, he may have heard the cops pull up, but still he spared the life. That's when, that's when you first to me see that, okay, it is true. Jason does have compassion for the kids. His beef really is with, the adults involved, you know, with this camp and basically any other adults going to get in his way. Uh, and I actually, I get what you're saying about the, the head crush kill, Mike, but I still love that kill because it, it definitely showed the brutal strength of, of right. zombie Jason and the sound effects. I mean, it sounded like he was busting up a, a oh. coconut. It's sound effects are great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The sound effects are awesome in that scene. So that's uh that's what I got on those scenes though. Um, like Mike was just saying, this is the dead meat line. Do you want to give the dead meat line real quick? No, go ahead. No, <laughs> the, no, sheriff, no. the sheriff goes outside. 
and he trips over a dead officer. As he gets up, Jason's there. He shoots him with a shotgun, and Jason falls, but springs up over and over. He unloads his pistol, but it does nothing. Jason chases him through the woods. Tommy and Megan show up. She sees Paula's bloody cabin. Tommy puts his supplies in the boat because he's got a plan to kill Jason. Jason is looking for the sheriff. Megan leaves the cabin to find her dad. She finds Sissy, you know, head in the cop car. Sheriff hears Megan, and so does Jason. He tackles Jason and hits him with a limb, and then he takes a rock and starts hitting him in the head over and over. But it does nothing to Jason. Jason kills him by breaking him in half. Jason breaks into the cabin. Jason grabs Megan by the head, but lets her go as Tommy calls out his name. Tommy is insulting Jason as he goes into the lake. He goes too deep, so Tommy lights a, a ring of fire around the boat. He jumps from behind Tommy, and they wrestle on the boat. Tommy can't get, you know, the chain noose as he's, you know, they're wrestling while he's in the boat. Tommy knocks him back into the lake. Jason jumps back up, but Tommy gets the noose around him, but Jason breaks the boat in half. He chokes Tommy underwater, and he floats back up. You know, it looks like he's dead and drowned. Megan swims out to Tommy. Jason grabs her and tries to drown her now. She cranks the boat motor up and uses the propeller to hack at Jason's neck. Jason's body convulses, and you hear a snapping noise. She gets Tommy's body to land and gives CPR, and he comes back to life. The kids celebrate. Tommy says it's finally over. We cut back to Jason underwater, and the film ends with his eyes moving. That's the end of the movie. Mike, do you want to give your final thoughts on the movie, man? Uh, yeah, so I think the sheriff deserved a cooler death. That's one thing I took away from that. I mean, it's not terrible or anything, but... I don't know. If we're going to kill off maybe one of my favorite characters in the movie, the one with some actual depth, I want it to be uh, done in a better way. So that's that's something I say. I think the actress – or the actress, wow. The actor who does Tommy Jarvis is great in these end scenes, at least to me. Very convincing. Uh, I believe him. That, you know, he's not scared of Jason. He wants to defeat Jason. Come on, you pussy. You know, I, I believe him, you know, that he's, you know, in that moment he's trying to uh, overcome his his demons right there. By uh, knocking off Jason. Uh, I like the idea of quote-unquote killing off Jason. Because I know before credits roll, we're going to get an eye open scene. Like, that's a hook for me. And I just kind of want to see how they quote-unquote kill off Jason so I can see how they bring him back. So I'll always like that. And I like the story arc of Tommy Jarvis throughout this whole movie. I think that the direction that they went with uh, resurrecting or, or, or he wanted to have closure with the Jason thing so he can move on. And in, in, in this timeline, he gets it right here. And so I really like the uh, end, but I also like, I love that his eyes open. That is, I mean, we're going to get a sequel anyways. So you might as well tease the motherfucker right here. And so I'm glad they did. And I think they do it in a really good way. Fun fact. I hope I'm not stealing anybody's, but that scene where they, quote-unquote kill off jason was shot in the director's mom's swimming pool so there's that the motorboat scene so there you go that's that's cool go ahead brian well i mean talk about the eye-open scene i really i like it too and i love it so that means in seven to me i don't want to see him still in the bottom of the do you like open his eyes and then he's like right i'm I'm gonna go back to bed oh oh, that's yeah, like can't, I can't. No, only only Candyman takes naps. So no, I mean he. It, <laughs> uh, t- I, I, that's the only thing I had with that. Like that's great. Just have him, you know, in the woods or something, you know, at the start of seven. But seven's got a lot more problems than that anyway. Um, 
one of the funny things I liked here is how uh, Tommy tells Megan to uh, go go stay with the kids, and then as soon as he as soon as she starts going it, she's he yells, "No, don't!" Like, okay, I found that I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and what was the purpose of the fire around? Besides, it was made an awesome visual. It really did. Why did he put fire around the boat? Like, what was the what was the purpose of that? I mean. Either you were trying to keep him out or in, but if he's under the water, what does that matter? What's I mean, I don't I don't know. I didn't really I didn't really get the reason for that besides the fact that it looked really cool. And maybe it's just me nitpicking. Um, Jason's kill that was the other one I said was tied for my favorite one. I I, I really like that a lot. I like the whole belt, boat propeller being used and hearing the crunching like it just sounded really cool. Now you know there wasn't blood and guts everywhere, but it was you know I thought it was really it was used very well in that and. Uh, you know, you can't talk about this movie without talking about Alice Cooper. And this movie has the best end credits of any horror movie ever made because you get man behind the mask, uh, Alice Cooper credit scene. And you can just sit there and listen to the watch the entire credits and listen to that song. And I agree with you, Brian. Jason's Great kill song. is cool because especially I just love seeing like his body just convulsing as yeah. the propellers chopping into his neck. All right, Dustin, what's your thought on the, uh, you know, the finale of the movie? Well, uh, I liked it. I thought it was well done. There are a couple things I didn't like. First of all, uh, when sheriffs, you know, when he trips, God, it was so dramatic how slowly he <laughs> fell. Like that was one thing that stood out. Is he he fell in slow motion and landed just perfectly beside the the dead cop's face. Uh, that was a little bit okay. Come on. Uh, and then one of the another comedic relief. So when Megan's outside screaming and, and trying to find her dad. It shows the kids under the bed, and the one boy looks at the other and goes, well, what were you going to be when you grew up? <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty funny scene, pretty funny one-liner there. Um, and then you mentioned the, the sheriff kill. I actually thought that was a pretty badass kill, just folding the man backwards like that. It's like, God damn, we get it, bro. You lift. <laughs> You're strong. <laughs> but uh, um, Another thing I nitpick about the scene, though, or I, I dislike about the scene, is I get it. He wanted to kill Tommy, but you're going to tell me that Jason, who drowned, is just going to willingly walk out into the water like that. Uh, might have a little bit of a Great Gatsby fear of water yeah. going on there, if if we're being <laughs> honest. Uh, Shut the fuck up, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you go to water? I was oh, yeah, that's right. Nico was getting so mad just sitting there listening to that. Like, no, it's not <laughs> fucking fear of water. And then... Uh, you know, when he's setting fire to the water, I agree. What's the point of it? But another thing is, if you pay attention, it's one of those things that I can't unsee once I notice it. So he strikes the match. The match goes out before it ever hits the water, and then the flame starts up. And so that was something that's like, well, shit. Oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I loved when his eyes open, but I agree. It does do a good job of foreshadowing. Like, okay, he's not dead. We're going to get at least another Friday movie. But, like you said, the way that he's resurrected in seven is like, what's he been doing down there? Just sleeping the whole time. Shit, pal. Right. That's dumb. Very dumb. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, overall I was satisfied with it, with the end of the movie. I'm glad that Tommy got his closure, like you said. And, uh, it was a, it was a jam as an action packed ending to a phenomenal movie. I'm really curious to hear Dustin's rating. Cause he, he's thrown out some really good nitpicks that I kind of enjoyed in, in this review. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ready to jump into fun facts? Let's do it. Sure. I got seven wrote down, but we said a few of them throughout. Does anybody want to go first, or I can go? It doesn't matter. Uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Nico. I think we said – I'm just going to read them, even if we said it. 
Uh, first and only film, including New Line's three films, to feature no nudity, although there is one sex scene. This film, you know, marks the only time in the series, other than prologues and flashbacks, that there are actually children at the summer camp. After becoming a born-again Christian, this is, I thought this one was interesting. After becoming a born-again Christian, John Shepard, who starred as Tommy in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, Part 5, did not want the role, and it went to Tom Matthews instead. The blue pickup truck Tommy drives is the same truck that Pam drives in A New Beginning. Ted White has said he was offered the role, but turned it down. White stated in hindsight he should have accepted the role. At 86 minutes, this is the shortest Friday the 13th movie. And like Dustin said earlier, this was the, the final scene to be shot was the crashing of the RV. Does anybody else have fun facts? I got um, one. I, yeah, I've oh. got one, too. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, I didn't mean to shit on y'all's fun facts. I, you know, I forgot to save those. i just kind of been letting them go as we go through the no, scene. No, that's fine. That's no problem. I, you're you're no problem. I, I always do that. I always do no that. Problem. I do the same thing, man. Like, I, like, uh, I literally do that every episode, so no big deal. I have uh, a couple. If you well, don't. Go ahead, Dustin. Hey, I do just have one more because it, it was something that's kind of a head scratcher. I read that the uh, the Turkish poster for the film featured Jason holding a chainsaw, and Jason never used a chainsaw in any of the Friday 13 movies. Like none of the 12 films did he use a chainsaw, but uh, the Turkish poster for the film had him holding a chainsaw. Ah, oh, fuck it, same genre. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, you read the actor that played Tommy? You read that one? Uh, Tom McGoffin had to up the kills and up the gore and up a lot of that stuff because Paramount was scared it was going to get a PG-13 rating and that's kind of a death nail for a lot of horror movies so that probably would have been a really bad thing not making a lot of money so they had to kind of you know turn the volume up in this movie some um this is one I thought was really cool uh the original script had the debut of Jason's dad uh revealing he had been paying the caretaker to take special care of Jason and Pamela's graves the entire time uh, that was going to be his debut scene. Uh, I don't know why that was written out or where that went, but I thought that was really cool. Uh, Tom McGoffin was offered to direct Scream. Uh, he turned it down. I guess he didn't want to make a lot of money. Um, <laughs> and it, this movie was a huge influence for Scream, which we're going to get to before we leave this show. Um, motorboat scene shot in swimming pool. And you already mentioned uh, Brian, which is still cool, so I want to you know, repeat it. You know, the director's wife was legitimately almost killed by that spear. That spear is real. It's heavy and it was sharp. And they said it was it was about oh, the length of the end of a pencil close to her neck. So she could have easily died making this movie. That would have been crazy. Oof. <laughs> so that's all I got. The only, uh, the only fun fact I have, I mean, it's kind of playing. Nico just touched on it a little bit that – you know, John Shepard that played Tommy in part five didn't want to come back. Well, apparently, like, all th- New Beginning left, part five, New Beginning, left three characters standing. Um, Tommy, Pam, and uh, the uh, lovable little kid, Reggie, or whatever. And all three of those had signed up for two films. And, uh, you know, Kinman was told, you know, a character wouldn't, wouldn't uh, return to part six to pull Tommy back from the brink of insanity. Uh, Ross assumed Reggie would be brought back to kill, be killed off, but others claim his return was never in the in the, in the cards because uh, no one wanted to see Jason kill a little kid. But uh, 
Shepard, who actually liked Tom McLaughlin's script, decided not to return, thinking himself better than the material. His work in part five was unappreciated. So he later became a preacher, like you said, and produced, you know, later based films or whatever. But uh, the fact that, you know, basically the fact that Tommy didn't come back from five is the reason none of the other ones came back from five either. Okay, that's cool. Brian, do you want to say anything about uh, Kevin Williamson? I know. I know this movie was really influential to him. Uh, yeah, actually. Well, yeah, um, actually, like you said, that uh, Tom McLaughlin was was asked to do uh, um, Scream. And then obviously Kevin Williamson, thank God, was 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 asked to uh, to come on and do that. And uh, am I, mis- I don't want to spoil too much about our interview, so I'm not going to say too much about it. But I know that uh, CJ talk- touches on that just a little bit. But uh, yeah, Kevin Williamson said that he was uh, was very influential. Um, this j- this movie right here and how meta it was and how it didn't take itself too seriously and even you know the little tidbit about the rules and and stuff like that was very influential in his script for Scream. Yeah, I thought I thought that was really cool, man. Yeah, it, I know it's got to be it's kind of like you know us getting to talk to these actors or directors or whatever. You know, he got to tell the guy you know who inspired right. him that. Like this, like your movie inspired me to write or produce this movie. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Y'all ready to jump in the favorite kill, least favorite killing rating? Sure. All right, Dustin, you're the guest. Do you want to go first or do you want to go last? Uh, it doesn't matter. I can go first. I, I got him. So my least favorite kill, I'm gonna start with that one. It's Paula, and that's just because it was off camera and she was, she was pretty significant in the film. So I thought we deserved to see more right. of her death. And another reason why I didn't like that kill was because uh, after she's dead, he throws her through the window and then pulls her back. Like, what the what the fuck are you doing? What's the point of that? <laughs> uh, but my favorite kill, you know, my favorite kill, it's really a toss up between two. Um, I really like uh, killing Lizbeth the way, like I said earlier, the, the way he surprises her and stabs her in the face. But. <laughs> I usually I'm gonna have to go with uh, with Hawes Allen uh, Allen Hawes at the fir- first of the movie first kill of the movie because Jason's standing there gets hit in the back of the head with the shovel doesn't even flinch rips man's heart out that's pretty badass so that's my favorite kill fatality <laughs> <laughs> what's your rating Dustin oh rating uh, rating I'm gonna have to so this is my favorite film of the franchise however. There's another movie that I rate higher. I know that's weird, but I, I rate this one a, a solid eight and a half. Um, but there's another film in the franchise that's not my favorite that I think is a better movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think that's weird because, I mean, no, I look at films like, okay, this is a better movie, but this is my favorite movie. So I kind of right. I do the same thing and separate them. Right. Okay, so I think, yeah, I go, I go with eight and a half on this one. Okay. Um I'll go next. That ain't no problem. Uh, <laughs> I wrote my favorite kill is Nikki. And I wrote literally Dustin is going to pick the heart punch. And so I picked this one because <laughs> I, I already knew you liked that one the best. Oh, and fun fact, a fun fact we forgot, but we did mention in part four is Nikki, the girl who gets her head slammed to the RV. She was one of those dancers. And yeah, no, in the final chapter of when Axel was watching the, 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 you know, that stuff on TV. And I agree with Dustin again. My least favorite kill is Paula because, I mean, like he said, she's a significant character in this movie, but you don't even see, like, what happened to her body when they walk. They just see the blood 
all over the cabin. That was kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. My rating of the movie is a nine. Uh, I wrote, me and Brian kind of had this chit chat the other day. This and the final chapter of part four are essentially, they're tied to me. I like Jason better in this movie, but I like the teenagers and the, you know, the supporting cast in the final chapter better. Uh, I love both versions of Tommy Jarvis. I love Corey Feldman and Tom Matthews. I love the opening scene of this movie. It, it should be up there as one of the best in horror films, in my opinion. Uh, I love the utility belt look. I know Brian doesn't. <laughs> uh, the con, the only I wrote the only cons I have really are the lack of you know cast development, and there's a lot of basic off-screen kills. However, this movie is the first horror movie I ever watched. It's still very nostalgic to me and has a place in my heart. It made me fall in love with the Jason character. I really like you know in our Friday the Thirteenth ranking that Freddy versus Jason was the one that really screwed up my rankings because I really, you can ask Mike and Brian, I really didn't even want to rank that in the series because there's just, there's two of them in it, but you know, part four and part, part four is the best human Jason, I guess you can say. And final chapter is the best zombie Jason movie. And I I love both of them. So it's a nine for me. All right, I'll go next. So my favorite kill is, uh, it's kind of a tie. It's, the sissy kill, which I really like just because I think turning someone's head all the way around is fucking gross. So I, 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 really, uh, I really like that kill. And the Nikki kill, it's kind of a tie. Uh, I, I like that Nikki kill a lot. I love the effects a lot. I, I think it's really cool. So uh, two-way tie there. My least favorite kill is Paula, like everyone else. I try to think of something different, but there really isn't one that's more lame than that because you don't see it. So off screen and not well done, it's definitely my least favorite. Um, my rating for this has gone back and forth a couple times because this wasn't, I, for me, it is tied with final chapter. As far as how I view the movie, the amount of enjoyment I get out of the movie, I think I enjoy them both the same for different reasons where that movie takes itself seriously in a good way where, you know, there's still some hokey horror 80 stuff, but I love, I love the, the, the dark Jason, the way that shot in part four, and in this one, it doesn't take itself too seriously, like a scream, like um, the, the, there's other meta movies, but you know, in that same vein, where it doesn't take itself too seriously, but there's still some good horror parts of this movie. Um, so I give it a 7.5. I I I almost went eight, but upon a rewatch, I there's just a Friday movie that I like more than this one now. Like if we had to redo our rankings, I think I would put this to uh right behind the 09 remake so that's uh 7.5 and before brian goes <laughs> i am not letting you two that came on this fucking show and tried to say scream is not a horror movie when this is the least fucking horror movie we've done so far this movie is almost pure comedy gold so i don't want to hear y'all shit on these spooky me or i don't want to hear y'all shit on on Nothing in Scream anymore, not being horror. This is the same movie, almost more hokey. So I really don't want to hear that shit. They're both <laughs> horror movies for good reason. That's hey, go, re- go re-listen to Scream. I, I did not say it was not horror. That was Mr. Drew. <laughs> well, Dustin, and, go fuck and, yourself. <laughs> and to be fair, to be fair, you know, I, I obviously wasn't a part of that episode. Um, if I were, I would have given you my more serious take on, on the film. I just like to give you hell. If we're being honest, I just like to bust your balls, pal. <laughs> well, fuck yourself anyway. How about that? 
<laughs> for different reasons. No, I actually really do like this movie, and I like it for the same reasons that I like Scream, where there are really good meta moments where I, – I don't know. There's something about that genre. This movie, the Scream movies, and uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, I love all that stuff because it's like – uh, you know, it's like an aha from them to us. Like, you know, we know what we're doing is kind of stupid, but let, so let's lean into that a little bit. So I've always liked it. <laughs> all right, Brian, I'm ready to hear you right now. So, uh, I, first of all, yes, I have been very vocal that I do not like the Jason utility belt. Um, <laughs> but, and I, I will have to give very much appreciation to my co-hosts here that were also on the uh, upcoming CJ Graham interview that when he brings up the utility belt, that none of them threw me under the bus to Mr. <laughs> CJ Graham. I was sitting there like, oh, God, I'm about to have to defend why I don't like this and tell the man that plays Jason Voorhees that I do not like the utility belt. But thank you guys very much for that. So um, my least favorite kill is um the smiley face tree face into the uh uh tree there kill i do not like that because of you know the reasons i mentioned before um the whole smiley face thing takes me completely out of it um my best kill um i since mike went with even mentioned one of them so i'm gonna go with the other one and say that the uh jason kill at the end is my favorite one you know him being oh. hacked with it with the bow is gonna be my favorite one and uh, I do not remember – I should have done some uh, some better research and gone back and uh, looked at what I rated part four. But uh, like like I said earlier, I, two and three, uh, my second and third ranked is four and six, and those things jump back and forth depending on the day. And so uh, um, I don't remember what I rated it, but I'm going to give this one an eight. That's fair. I, I'm not going to throw you under the bus to CJ, bro. Oh, <laughs> <not, laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> That's I a big son. That. That's a big son of a gun. That. I don't want him to ever <laughs> to take his wrath out on us. <clears throat> Dustin, before before we get out of here, I'm kind of curious. Uh, what what's the uh, movie you have rated higher? If you don't mind answering that. So there. <sighs> and I have another question after that. Go ahead. Okay. So the film that I have rated higher is the one that you all shit on the most. Oh it's not man. God. It's not Manhattan. Oh, I was about oh, to say okay. it better not be part A. <laughs> is, it, is it the OG? It's the OG. Uh, and the, re- the reason uh, – no, 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 no. The reason I get it, is I get that, I get it. if you watch the movie blindly, you know nothing about right, the right. franchise and knowing that it leads to Jason in the mask. It's a good movie. It's It's got a swerve because the whole time you think the killer is someone else and it turns out it's the mom. I thought the storyline uh, – the, uh, the I don't know. The, the storyline, the plot, the acting, dialogue – I thought that it was a solid movie, especially for the time. I've got it ranked at a at a nine, nine and a half, actually. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you that. One. Great I'll fucking movie, man. I don't, I, mean, I don't, I don't like it, but I'll give you that. I and I, I thought, I thought I was crazy because when we were discussing the the rankings, the way you all shit on it, I went and looked it up, and it's the highest rated film in the oh, franchise, yeah. both by critics and fans. So oh, I'm not crazy, but <laughs> so, <laughs> we're crazy. We're crazy. I, I'm going to get shit on for this. I don't necessarily like that movie that much, but I've always thought completely away from the Jason movie. So we all want to see a new Jason movie. Like, I really need that to happen. Everybody get their shit together. Stop fucking around. Let's do this thing. So you could have both of these things exist at the same time. I've always thought some kind of, maybe not a prequel because I don't really like prequels, but some kind of movie playing off the Pamela Voorhees 
storyline would be a good movie. Like whether it be a prequel that kind of leads up to that night or, you know, that time at the camp or whether it just be Pamela doesn't like something different than the, than the route they went. Cause we saw Jason take like a 20 year jump in age in like, you know, two years. So we had to kind of ignore that in part two. So I've always thought if they were going to do the Pamela thing or really what they should redo is, is sackhead Jason. But anyway, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the best Sam Jason. Absolutely not. Dustin, I've yes. given you so much hell over this. Did you rewatch the final chapter? Ah, uh, yes, yes. I'm glad you yeah, guys let me. It, I'm glad I'm on again to re- redeem myself. I did. <laughs> yes. I was mistaken. Uh, like I said before, the reason that I I had it ranked so low is because I guess I just had I'd forgotten. And so what I did was I listened to your guys' review and then I rewatched it and I was like. Yeah, I was tripping that day. So <laughs> if I, I don't have my I don't have my exact list ahead of me, but I do know that I or in front of me rather, I do have it in the other room and I did make some revisions and I moved it up. I don't remember what I ended up ranking it, but it was definitely higher on my list post rewatch. So I did you all a disservice by coming on the show unprepared like that. I've watched a lot of the films in the franchise before that day, but I skipped that one like a fool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't calling you out for everybody. I just wanted to make sure you watched it because honestly, oh, four, yeah. four and six are the two best. Yeah. If you if you exclude the remake, because I know Brian is very very passionate about the remake. Mike said it's his favorite. I like the remake too. I like the remake too, but it, it's I don't know. Yeah. But like like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, guys, we we had the actor who played Jason, C.J. Graham, on. He did an awesome interview with us. And we wanted to do, uh, to review this movie, you know, to kind of tag team it with his um, interview that's dropping on Friday the 13th. We really hope you tune in. And he has a website if you want to check out any, like, signed uh, pictures or signed machetes or masks. I think he has those as well. Mm-hmm. The website is jasonvi.com. Uh, show him some love because I thought he played Jason very well in this movie, to be honest. I, I I loved I loved his portrayal. Maybe it's just because I remember him as a six year old kid, but I thought he played Jason very well in this movie. Does anybody else have any final thoughts before we get out of here? I'm good, man. Hey, uh, hey, I say this every now and then. not every episode, but I say it a lot of episodes. Go watch this movie. Go out of your way to watch this movie. It's a really fun movie, really entertaining, and it's one that I you know, sometimes I don't recommend people watch. It. Like I don't think I did that last week with Rob Zombies for many reasons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I had it rated the same, but this is more fun. Like, this is a more fun watch. It's a shorter watch, and you, and you don't have to spend uh, 40 minutes with the Dr. Loomis and, and Kid Michael either. So um, go watch this movie. A lot of fun. Yeah, make sure you tune in Friday Friday the 13th for that uh, C.J. Graham yes. interview as well. Yes. Absolutely, and I just want to say thanks one more time for you guys for having me on. Keep up the good work, and uh, hopefully I can come back sometime. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure, and, brother. And before we get out of here, I think all of us are going to just say thank you to CJ Graham one more time for Absolutely. doing the interview yeah. with us. It was awesome. I learned some cool stuff. Me and you know, me and Dustin herself admitted, you know, we love we love this movie, and it was so cool just to get to tell him personally, you know, the impact this movie had on me as a horror fan. So that that was really awesome. Thank you, CJ. Y'all have a good night. Uh, rate us uh, five stars on iTunes, please. It's really helping us out. Like, it's so cool we've had people that we have no idea who they are come to our social medias 
and tell us, hey, you're doing a great job. You're putting out great episodes. That is awesome to us, and we thank you for that. Y'all have a good night. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there. Oh, my-